What's up, everybody? Andy Cohen is throwing some shade at Larsa Pippen after a breakup from Marcus Jordan. Portia Williams is confirming, well, actually not Portia Williams. <clears throat> Portia is confirming that she will be returning to the Real Housewives of Atlanta. I've got a very special announcement that I'm about to make in just a few seconds, and I hope I get to see you tonight at the Berman Room. All right, are we ready, Freddy? Let's get it. You're listening to No Filter with Zach Peter, your go-to source for all the latest pop culture and reality TVT, Surf Fresh, all week long. Now, let's dive in. Hi guys, happy Valentine's Day, happy love day. It's a rock of love. I hope you guys are coming to the Bourbon Room tonight. Who is coming? Who is live streaming the show? Jump into that live chat and let me know so I can give you a shout out um, because I'm I'm so excited. This will be my fourth time returning to the bourbon room and I honestly, I can't wait. I'm so excited to spend uh, this very special Valentine's Day with you. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a fun time. We're going to spill some tea. We're going to talk all love, sex, and dating. We're going to get a little naughty. We're going to have a couple cocktails, and we're just going to have a great night. Um, so if you guys want to live stream it, you can get your live stream passes at nofilterlive.com. You can get your tickets. We do have a few tickets left for tonight's show, so head on over to nofilterlive.com if you want to join us in person. If you're not doing anything tonight on Valentine's Day, come and spend it with me. I've got Paul and Patrick, who you guys know from the Jeff Lewis After Show. I've got Donna Bowling from Daily Dose of Donna. I've got my boys Evan Real from Page Six Virtual Reality Podcast. Josh from Louisiana who you know is here with me every Wednesday recapping Salt Lake City and now Vanderpump Rules. Jeff Epstein, my boy Jeff Epstein, who is my new co-host. And um, Jeff's going to be opening the show. It's going to be quite unhinged. It's going to be wild. We've got Andy Lawani from What's Trending, Kristen Takeman, Hunter Matthews from Too Hot to Handle. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a night that is just too hot to handle for all of us. So I hope I get to see you there at the Bourbon Room Tonight, Wednesday night, Valentine's Day, doors open at 6 p.m. If you are a VIP, then you can come on in for our pre-show party at 6 p.m. I'm going to be doing an intimate Q&A, not recorded. So whatever you ask me is going to be spicy and it's going to stay in that room. It's like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Um, but yeah, get ready. That dude ruined Jeffrey forever. I know. I feel bad. It's unfortunate, uh, Jeff's name, but it's okay because we do address it with my very special announcement. Um, but like I said, guys, if you do want to come out to the Bourbon Room in Hollywood, it's so the Bourbon Room's a great spot. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have some special guests. So if you're not doing anything tonight, if you're single, come on out. Let's have a drink. If you're in a relationship and you want to have dinner, cocktails, maybe pregame, the show starts at 7 p.m. So you still have time to do dinner afterwards. You can have like an 8.30, 9 p.m. dinner reservation. So you can do like sexy time dinner after. I'm telling you, you're not going to want to miss the show. It's going to be so much fun. Okay? So... Come on down to the Bourbon Room in Hollywood. You can live stream the show. You can get your live stream passes now. Surprise, surprise. With I'll be there with the special guest I met in Vegas. What? Brian. Ooh, Brian's coming tonight. Brian Scott Peterson. Okay, Brian. Brian, you have full permission to grab my butt. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. I need somebody to grab my butt. Um so that said, I do have a special announcement, and I'm also warning you guys, I might get a little unhinged on today's podcast. I have a bone to get off 
my chest. Um, Cause there was a little bit of some Twitter beef that would ensued before we get into all the tea. There's, there's some stuff that I want to get off my chest, but before I do happy Valentine's day, guys, I do have a very special announcement. And that is that there is a brand new podcast that is coming at you a Valentine's day special, if you will. Um, I've been taping it for the past several Past several weeks, uh, I've had to keep it on the lowdown, and now I finally get to share. It is a Valentine's Day special. It is called Disaster Daters, six episodes. It's a limited series with me and my boy, Jeff Epstein. Jeff will be hosting tonight's live taping of No Filter at the Bourbon Room, um, so you can see us both in action, but we do have our new podcast, six episodes only. The first two episodes are streaming today, right now. So you can tune into that right after this. You can watch it exclusively on Spotify. You can also listen to it. It's also available on Apple Podcasts and all other podcast platforms. You can listen to it anywhere, but you can only watch it on the Spotify app. So definitely go and tune into Disaster Daters with me and Jeff Epstein. It's wild. It's unhinged. And I have your very first look right here. So here we go. I'm Zach Peter. I'm Jeff Epstein. We're going to touch on everything: sex, dating, love, relationships, situ- situationships. Oh God, are you seriously on grinder right yeah. now? Did you find any fun homeless people? Let me just tell you. First of all, I lost my virginity to a lesbian named Celia. What? <laughs> That's- I lost my virginity to like a fifty-year-old man on an Amtrak train. Table that one for later. I'm a disaster dater. I'm a disaster. <laughs> There you go, guys. Disaster Daters is out now. Like I said, we have the first two episodes streaming now. Six episodes only. So we have the first two episodes that drop today. We have the next batch of two episodes that will drop on the 21st. And then the final two episodes will drop February 28th. So it is a February special, Valentine's Day special. We talk all things love, sex, dating, relationships. We have guests that come on the show. Today we have on um, Darren Bluestone, who's a very funny comedian. And um, he tells us about all the red flags or all the signs he missed with his very disaster dating story, um, with a, a very wild plot twist. I share some stories, talk about losing our virginity. We talk about um, so many things. Losing our virginity, uh, almost banging Christine Quinn from Netflix, a Bravo star that likes to get pegged. Like, this is all in just the first two episodes. I'm telling you, I didn't think I could get more unfiltered or more unhinged, um, but... Here we are. Um, Nessa, no, the show is not available on YouTube. Um, Maybe it will be at some point. But for now, you can only watch it exclusively on Spotify. That is the only place you can watch Disaster Daters is on Spotify. If you are watching, go leave us a nice review. Shout out some, you know, give us some love. Help the podcast grow. Um, It's fun. We just wanted to do this fun and exciting project for Valentine's Day to talk all things love, sex, and dating. So Disaster Daters is streaming now. On Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, everywhere you get your podcasts, go and tune in. Let me know. Okay. Six episodes only. So get it while you can. Get it while it's hot. Um, Okay. Now, shall we? Okay. So at first, I wasn't sure if I wanted to address this, right? Um, But here we are, right? You want a new villain? Here I am. Um, Okay. So 
I've obviously been very critical of this Housewife and the Hustler part two documentary on Hulu. And my criticism has mostly been for the LA Times, has mostly been for Hulu and for ABC News, who I said I felt like this part two of the documentary was really just exploiting the victims as we, you know, exploiting them to make a quick buck. I said it was a quick cash grab because there was nothing new. There was no new information that was really revealed in this part two of The Housewife and the Hustler, right? I don't think we needed a sequel. If we were going to get a sequel, then the sequel should have followed the Girardi trial, which is not set to begin until May. And that's unless Tom, that's only if Tom doesn't decide to take a plea deal, which I don't know if he'll plea out or not. I, it's possible that he'll end up just going to trial We'll see. But I was like, if there's going to be a part two of documentary, like follow the trial. That's the case. That's, you know, that's the Girardi scandal continuing to move on. Right. Well, I did have that criticism. I did say it looked like I called it a tabloid documentary. Um, I said I also was displeased with how I believe they um, were a little deceptive and how they got Erica to agree to come to that. And again, this is not anything that Erica has told me herself. This is based off of. I was there that day. I remember what I saw. I remember what I was told by the people that were organizing it. I remember what I witnessed that day. I also remember the page six article that is still published right now, written by Evan Real about recapping that day and reading all of the quotes that um, these women that we saw in The Housewife and the Hustler had given to page six about their experience with Erica and how they felt like they, you know, gained something from that experience. Now I feel like the tune has very much changed. However, my criticism was of Hulu and the LA Times and ABC News and of the fact that I felt like there was some deception because me going into that day, I can only speak to my own experience, me going into that day and seeing that there were cameras there, I knew Bravo cameras uh, weren't there. And my understanding is nobody wanted Bravo cameras there because they didn't want it to be a spectacle. They didn't want it to become a media shtick. Right. And having housewives there or having, yeah, housewives Bravo cameras there would have made it a media spectacle. Okay. So I was told that cameras were there for a completely separate project. Yes, it was disclosed that the LA Times was the one that was filming it, but it was never disclosed to my understanding and from what I remember that day and from what I remember what was said to page six that day. This was a docu- a forthcoming documentary for the LA Times. Now, if you see The Housewife and the Hustler Part 2, The Reckoning, you'll see it was in conjunction with the LA Times and with ABC News. So when I say the LA Times went and sold this footage to Hulu, that is true. Was that deceptive? It felt deceptive because if you actually look into the background of some of those shots in the last 10 minutes where you see Erica sitting down with the victims um, when they're outside and taking photos together, you see me in that footage. You see my brother Ethan in that footage. I also don't remember signing a release form to have my likeness or my image used. Listen, I filmed for Bravo a number of times. Even when you're in the background and you're not mic'd up, you still sign a release form. Otherwise, they have to blur out your face on camera. So to me, again, there was a level of deception. If my image, however little it was, was shown in there. I never signed a release form for that. I'm not fighting that legally. I don't care about that. But I'm just saying this information was not disclosed. Yes, it was disclosed that the LA Times was working on a project. The premise of the project was very different. Um, 
my understanding is the premise of the project had something to do with the ice cream that was being launched that day, which is why we're all there to support the launch of this ice cream brand. So my understanding, based off of the things that were disclosed to me going into that day and on that day, that um, the, the focus was not going to be on so much Erica or the Girardi case as much as it was going to be, you know, this was a great opportunity for Erica to have FaceTime with them and it was going to be filmed and the LA Times is going to use this footage in some way with some sort of journalistic integrity. So you would assume, right? Um, that said, it came out in Housewife and the Hustler. I think a lot of people were kind of shocked by that and shocked to see that that's what the footage ended up being used for. I was critical of it. And then I saw Kimberly Archie, who you can see very glammed up, you know, enjoying her spotlight moment, hamming it up for the camera and cracking jokes in the Hulu documentary. You see her on camera and, you know, she's having cocktails, you know, heckling Tom as he's walking out of the courtroom, sitting down with the other people that met with Erica that day, and they're having cocktails and laughing about the trial or laughing about the the um, competency hearing, which to me felt a little strange. Something about that felt strangely off. I didn't lean into that as much in my commentary. But then I saw Kimberly Archie, who's been very critical of me recently. Listen, I've had Kimberly Archie on my podcast. She used to work for Girardi Keese. So, you know, a lot of, I'm sure, the dinners and the benefits and perks that came with working at Girardi Keese. You know, if we're really questioning every nickel and dime that came in and out of that law firm, then I have questions about where the money came from to pay for some of those lunches or dinners or perks that employees or contractors at Girardi Keys benefited from. If we're pulling in all the nickels and dimes, then I would assume that it's possible. I'm not making any accusations. Um, I'm just saying it's within the realm of possibility that some of that may have been client settlement money. So Kimberly Archie formerly worked for Girardi Keys. She had since um, become more notable in this Girardi Key scandal by making multiple appearances on Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop podcast. And Kimberly was also featured in part one of The Housewife and the Hustler. She's now back in The Housewife and the Hustler too. I've had her on my podcast, I believe twice, maybe once, maybe twice. Um, and I've always had a very friendly and great relationship with Kimberly Archie. Um, when it came, when there was an opportunity for me to go on Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald myself, Kimberly was not happy about that and was very vocal about that on Reddit. And there were multiple screenshots that people sent me about negative things that she had to say about me. And she did call me before going on Juicy Scoop and told me not to do it. Um, I said, listen, I was going to think about it. And ultimately I decided to do it. It was an opportunity that I was grateful that Heather gave me and I was not going to say no to going on Juicy Scoop. Um, Kimberly was not happy with that and has since been very critical of me online. So when I see her now being critical of my criticism of the documentary, not of her specifically, but my criticism of The Housewife and The Hustler Part 2, and what I felt like was a little deceptive in how, you know, it was sold to Erica and or her attorney, um, because, I mean, even Kimberly has said, you know, oh, well, her attorneys knew that they were sitting down for an interview with ABC News. And I'm like, well, that's great, but did you disclose to them and I haven't spoken to Erica's attorney about this, but I'm like, did you disclose to them that when they sat down with ABC News or that when Eric was being filmed by the LA Times, did you disclose to them that you were planning on selling this footage to Hulu and that you were all agreeing to participate in The Housewife and the Hustler Part 2? Because I feel like if they would have known this was a part two, a follow-up, a sequel to The Housewife and the Hustler, I feel like 
people wouldn't have been as willing to participate. Um, I certainly wouldn't have been willing to participate. Listen, I got an email from Hulu with a request. I asked for compensation if they were going to move forward with that request. They said they don't have a budget for that. Heather McDonald's also been very open that Hulu doesn't pay some of the contributors that appear on the podcast. Heather said she didn't get paid. I believe she said nobody got paid for part one of The Housewife and the Hustler. They had Dana Wilkie. They had Danielle Staub in it. You know, again, very tabloidy. Um, but yeah, so I did not move forward with my participation with working with Hulu in their documentaries. I've been critical of some of them because I felt like they have been cash grabs lately. I feel like we throw the term documentary around very loosely, but Kimberly Archie decided to not only speak poorly of me on Reddit, but then she went on to criticize me on Twitter. And then another woman, Nancy, who was also featured in The Housewife and the Hustler, she then also inserted herself in, listen, my tweets are on social media. My podcast is on the internet. I'm open to criticism. I'm not, I don't shy away from criticism or, you know, feedback from other people. Um, it was just a little strange that like, this is kind of what we were going with, you know, because Kimberly, who formerly worked for Girardi Keese and Nancy, who... I've never publicly spoken about or used her name when referencing her case because her husband was represented by David Lira, who was an attorney at Girardi Keese, in a case where her husband was suing his daughter because there were some lottery winnings. I believe it was about $5 million in lottery winnings. And the daughter ended up wanting to keep the lottery winnings and her husband felt like he was entitled to those lottery winnings because he claims that it was his lottery ticket that earned that money. And so he sued his daughter and they went into litigation um, and then ended up getting what he felt he was entitled to at the end of it. David Lear represented it. Girardi Keys represented the case and the case from my understanding and from the book that Nancy herself has published the case was settled. He got the money that he felt he was entitled to. They split the lottery winnings 50-50. Um, and I know this because I did conduct an interview with Nancy um, and ultimately did not air that interview because I felt like the conversation that I had with her the day she met Erica and the conversations I had with her off mic when we weren't taping the podcast, were very different from the things that she said once the cameras were actually on. Which also, to be clear, when we're in studio, the cameras and the mics are usually always running, so they capture everything. So even when we're not officially on record, that footage, is the cameras are still rolling, the mics are still hot. So I know what she said before taping and after taping, and I know what she said on record. So to me, there were discrepancies in that, and to me, I just didn't feel like there was enough of the integrity that I wanted to maintain on this show. And listen, I understand it's a pop culture entertainment news podcast. It's not the LA Times, but I just felt the integrity of releasing that podcast just didn't meet up to the standards that I hold myself to on this show. I chose not to air that interview. Um, and I referenced the case a couple of weeks ago when I said, you know, that there was a, a lottery case that, you know, and Nancy herself has been very clear. She said this multiple times. She said it in a quote to page six. The quote is still on page six to this day, the day that she met with Erica. She does not consider herself a victim, um, which is her husband. His case was settled. They ha She has an issue with um, 
a separate piece of how they collected their attorney's fees, which I don't personally agree with. I don't personally understand um, how Tom and David Lira were collecting their attorney's fees. I thought that there was a lack of ethics being done there. But again, Tom Girardi, the bookkeeper, and David Lira are the three men that should be held accountable for that because they were the ones responsible. They had the fiduciary responsibility, and they were the ones receiving those payments. Um, Again, the ethics of how they did that are completely different from the fact that the case was settled. He sued his daughter. He won. He got his 50% of his lottery earnings, to my understanding. This is published in Nancy's book. These are the things that she said when she was on my podcast. Again, that interview hasn't aired, but I do have all of that footage still. And I know exactly what was said. Um, So it was interesting to see Nancy then come forth and essentially out herself as the person that I was referencing in that lottery case because it didn't seem to be public knowledge. Or it was public, but it wasn't a a conversation that was being had um, for the most part. And so to me, it was just very interesting that now we're inserting ourselves into social media and crying and trying to create some sort of discord. She was upset that I was saying that her husband sued his daughter, which was interesting because then other people weighed in and they're like, wait, but here are the court documents. Here's the lawsuit. Your husband sued his daughter. Like that's the reality of the case. Um, to me, I don't, I wasn't raised to where money. I mean, listen, I know money can do interesting things to people and it can definitely change morals and whatever. Listen, I'm not judging her husband. I'm not judging her daughter. I personally don't think I would make that choice. I've never been in a case like that where I felt like my family member stole money from me, especially if it was a lottery winning and not money that I personally earned. Um, I don't think I would ever find myself in a situation like that, but to each their own, he got his money. His daughter got to keep her half. Nancy wrote a book about it. She's sharing her story about that. Um, And now, you know, she wants to fight the system and help make sure men like Tom Girardi don't stay in power. And I support that mission. Kimberly has also been very much supporting that mission. I support them in that mission. I think at the end of the day, we're all on the same team. The interesting thing, too, is even though Kimberly and Nancy have publicly gone onto Twitter and criticized me for my commentary about the documentary and not about them specifically, now I'm speaking about them specifically because they've inserted themselves into this conversation publicly. But I will say as well, There's somebody else that I heard from that I did not expect to hear from that I don't always see eye to eye in a lot of the details of the Girardi scandal. Um, I think at the end of the day, we're very much on the same team, but we don't always see eye to eye on some of these details. And this individual reached out to me off the record and actually commended me for my commentary. And they said that they agreed with my commentary of the documentary. And I was surprised by that. But, you know, again, I think when you are, when you remember what we're all kind of fighting for at the end of the day, and that's justice for people that were wronged, then at the end of the day, we can put our differences aside and acknowledge, you know, what is in the best interest of everyone um, that has been wronged and how to make them whole again, because that's the important thing at the end of the day. It's not about getting a close up. It's not about selling books. It's not about, you know, hamming it up on camera or whatever. Those things are not priorities, you know? It's not of interest to me. I think at the end of the day, holding the men that committed these crimes accountable is what the focus should be on and making the people that were wronged whole again is what the focus should be on. So it was interesting um, because then, you know, Kimberly was jumping in on the tweets and she's like, Nancy, I'm so sorry that you're going through this right now. I know what you've been through in the past. And I was like, wait, what is Nancy going through exactly right now? Because I'm so... 
confused as to why she inserted herself into this conversation. And then now we're, we're, we're trying to make it seem like Nancy and Kimberly are being attacked in some way. It was just bizarre to me. Um, Okay. That said, I just want to say that any of my commentary or critiques about the housewife and the hustler and any comments that I've made about cash grabs, I've never accused the victims of cash grabbing. Um, I just said that when you turn this scandal, this very unfortunate situation into a media circus and you kind of, you know, it was just, it was interesting because the Nancy there were also a lot of half-truths that were being posted online as like, well, like one, don't say that my husband sued his daughter when your husband did sue his daughter. And then there was another point where she's like, this is why I know, this is why when you called me, I didn't answer your call because I was advised to not speak with you. And I was like, I called you because you called me and I was returning your phone call because you had requested that I contact you urgently. You said you needed to speak to me ASAP. I don't remember if it was a, a voicemail or a text message. I probably still have it. Um, but I was just like very confused about it, you know? Because to me, I was like, I I don't understand where this is all kind of coming from. But um, yeah, so I was just like, let's, let's not put half-truths out on the internet if you want to insert yourself into something. I did not call you. I returned your phone call. You didn't answer. And that was fine. I moved on with my life. I, I didn't think that we would be having some discord on Twitter. Um, but again, it's unfortunate to see when cameras come up and when journalists then want to give people a spotlight, I feel like motives shift. And to me, that's unfortunate because again, at the end of the day, we have to remember we're all fighting for the same cause. So hopefully the people that were wronged can find some sort of resolution. Um, yeah. I mean, there's the Marco Marco stuff. Maybe we'll do a, a dedicated video on the whole Marco Marco case because that's actually pretty interesting. Um, and I know that was like a big piece that was hammered in the part two of The Housewife and the Hustler. But there's a lot of those details that we can get into. Maybe in another, we'll do a dedicated video on that. But um, let's get into the tea. Let's talk all about the pop culture reality TV tea. Because um, Andy Cohen is shading Larsa Pippen. Whew. He was just on Watch What Happens Live. And he, uh, <laughs> I think he said now that Larsa is single, maybe Dennis Rodman has a nephew that he can, that she can shack up with, which I kind of found funny. We know that Larsa and Marcus have since broken up. It's now been confirmed, I believe, by People Magazine um, or People Online. And we don't know the details. We don't know exactly why. We know Andy's going to grill them at the Traders reunion they will both be there but some people were thinking that like Andy took the shade a little too far I don't think he took the shade a little too far I thought it was funny I thought it was cheeky I thought it was interesting and I was like listen Andy Cohen knows how to throw a little shade I'm sure, sure Larsa was pissed about it and that's just Larsa I'm pretty sure she's gonna go ruthless and toothless on him um for that comment but I mean come on Dennis Rodman's nephew that's kind of funny right uh it was a little you know Scotty Pippen, her ex-husband, Michael Jordan. Then we date Marcus Jordan, Michael Jordan's son. So, uh, you know, it was a little interesting. 
uh, a little scandalous. I don't think anybody really expected it to, to last. But like, what's going to happen with their podcast? Was it separation anxiety? Are they still having lots of separation anxiety? Does Lisa Hochstein still follow Marcus? That's the real question. Now that people are like, oh my God, Lisa's following Marcus. Let's see. Lisa Hochstein. Let's verify this in this moment. Is Lisa following Marcus? Ah, Lisa Hochstein is still following Marcus. That's so interesting. Oh! <gasps> But Marcus Jordan has unfollowed Lisa. Interesting. He still follows Marisol. He doesn't follow Julia. He doesn't follow Dr. Nicole. Who else was there? Lisa, Marisol, Alexia. Nope, doesn't follow Alexia. Marisol seems to be the only housewife that he's... What about Kiki? Nope. Gertie. Nope. Interesting. So he's only following Marisol, but he's no longer following Lisa Hochstein. The plot thickens. Ho, 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 ho. All right. Um, that's Andy Cohen and his shade towards Larsa. Let me know if you think that that was really shady or cheeky shady. I feel like it was cheeky shady. Um, and I ain't that mad at it, you know? I ain't that mad at it. Uh, okay. Now, next, let's talk about Real Houses of Atlanta. Portia is confirming that she is back. She did a little video on what's today, Wednesday, on Tuesday. She posted a video online saying Portia Williams returning to Real Houses of Atlanta. Not true, but Portia, what's her last name? Something with a G. She's like, but Portia G is returning. Um, she's like, yes. Yeah. So she's coming back for season 16. It looks like Kenya will be returning for season 16. Word on the curb is that Marlo will be returning for season 16. Unclear of what capacity Marla will be returning uh but it seems like it's a well Porsche's confirmed but it seems like it's definitely a shoe in that Kenya is back and so even though they're not looking to reboot the show altogether they are looking to bring in a lot of newbies and bring in some of the the veterans so I would imagine Sheree would be back I don't see why not Sheree Kenya Portia I think we can do without Marlo I feel like she had her chance and it just ooh. she's been on what she's been a peach holder for two seasons now Podster for most of them, but definitely a peach holder for two. And I don't think she really delivered. So Kenya doesn't seem to be a big fan though, but Kenya is definitely making nice with Portia and says that she's ready for the sweet 16. We know Phaedra has been in the mix. Phaedra's openly spoken out to GQ saying that conversations have been happening. So we shall see TBD, but I'm looking forward to it. Whew. Okay. Ooh, I see there's a lot of chatter in the live chat going to be interessante. Um, but before we get into all of that, guys, January has come and gone, but it's not too late to start your New Year's resolutions. And no, I'm not talking about getting tangled in the elliptical or eating the world's most depressing salads. Here's one that will stick, and that's smelling better naked. Thanks to our sponsor, Lumi. You can smell good with or without the clothes all year long. I Mm, I'm smelling delicious. I have my all body deodorant on right now and it smells yummy. Lumi is a game changing whole body deodorant designed by an OBGYN to not only work on your pits, but also on your feet and your privates and basically everywhere else we get odor. 
No matter where you use it, Lumi is clinically proven to block odor all day long, all thanks to their one-of-a-kind pH-optimized formula. And they've got over 275,000 five-star reviews to show for it. So make sure you make the switch to Lumi, and this year will be all about head-to-toe confidence. No salads required. Special offer new customers. Get $5 off Lumi starter pack with our exclusive code and link. Use code NOFILTER at LumiDeodorant.com. That's L-U-M-E, Lumi Deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, LumiDeodorant.com. Mm, just get it. Okay, let's see what you guys are saying in the live chat. Um, it sounds like Erica's been bamboozled. Jen Johnson says, I watched Heather, and Heather was saying something about the one mom, the friend of the burn victim. Oh, Kimberly Archie, yeah. Hasn't anyone learned from watching these other people committing and using Ponzi schemes towards others and scamming them for their money? You can't trust anyone these days. That's true, Danielle. It's interesting. Uh, did Ronald Richards DM you? No, Ronald Richards did not DM me. I haven't heard from him in a minute. Listen, but I've been very critical of Ronald Richards. He's been critical of me in the past. My criticism is of when I call something out, you know? I've always been, I've always very much defended Kimberly Archie. You know, when people would come to me and warn me about her um, and questioned her motives, I was always like, no, I believe her motive. I believe her heart. And then when I saw her trashing me online for going on Juicy Scoop, I was like, okay. This is not a friend. So it is what it is. Zach, what do you think of Emily D. Ba- Emily D. Baker being in this special? Um, I think Emily's a great commentator. Listen, Emily D. Baker's in it. Kay Casey's in it, both of which are my friends. There's uh, Kiki from The Talk of Shame. She's in it. I think she did a great job. Um, I also saw that she just had on Kimberly Archie and Nancy, and you know they were just on her uh I believe she's one of the hosts on the Reality Checked uh, Sirius XM radio show, and she just had them on. Listen, it's great. If we bring awareness to this, I think awareness is great, but you know, we also have to really focus on the action as well. But I think you know they did great in it. I think Emily is a very credible person. I hate that they put her with some people that I felt like weren't as credible, but like that was the first episode, right? Part one of The Housewife and the Hustler, they had like Dana Wilkie and Danielle Staub. What did Danielle Staub, aside from being associated in the housewife's world, what did she have to do with any of this? She doesn't even know Erica. Or Tom. Kimberly got a taste of the spotlight and glam and loved it. I mean, listen, it is what it is. I'd, again, hope that we're all fighting for the same cause. I believe that we are at the end of the day. Everybody's saying cheeky shade, Andy Cohen's shade was not that deep. I agree. Portia Guabadia. Portia Guabadia. Wimbadia Leviosa. Boom, boom. Marla was great as a friend of. Once she got a peach, she became unwatchable. I agree. Marla was great as a friend of, but I think she like really had to work for it. And then I feel like when she got her peach, she just wasn't, you know. It was just, oof. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Stand down and put your computer away. Simply go. Go do laundry, sweetheart. No need to spread negativity. Who's spreading negativity? Ooh, we don't like negativity. We don't want the negativity, honey. But listen, um, about Emily D. Baker. Listen, I love Emily. She's been a good friend of mine for years, as has Kate Casey. I consider Kate a friend as well. I think it was great for them that they got an opportunity to have a platform on Hulu. I think, you know, they have both really looked into this case and you know if anybody is credible enough to be able to 
you know, provide commentary for it. I think it's absolutely Emily and Kate. Kate from the podcaster, you know, um, perspective. She has Reality Life with Kate Casey, which is a great podcast. And then Emily from the actual like legal commentary perspective. You know, Emily understands the law. She practiced law for many, many years. So these are credible people that I'm glad had that opportunity and that platform. And listen, you don't see Emily and Kate having martinis and toasting to, you know, laughing about Tom Girardi wearing slippers in court. I don't know, just something about some of those scenes just, it, it just, it rubbed me the wrong way. It, to me, felt strange. Um, that's my, that's my opinion, as Tamara Judge would say. That's my opinion. But it's interesting. You can't put yourself on the internet, and then when there's criticism that comes about you, it's interesting. Um, can't take the heat. You got to get out of the kitchen. <sighs> but that's all I've got to say. Tis what it is. Tis what it is. Um, yes, I'm looking forward. Actually, I think I said the other day that I was going on Jeff Lewis's live show on the 28th. I'm actually going on on the 21st. I got that wrong. So I, next Wednesday, oh, a week from now, I will be on Jeff Lewis live. So grateful, excited. See, I did Juicy Scoop. I can do Jeff Lewis live. I'm equal opportunist. I want to spread the love to everyone. I want to support everyone. If people are supportive of me and nice to me, I have nothing but love and support to send right back. You know? So there we go. Loving your positive attitude and support. Thank you, JP. I appreciate that. Uh, I try. Listen, you know I can pop off on a bitch. You know I can get shady. You know I can, you know. Listen, like I can say very nice things about, you know, Kimberly. I think Kimberly looked great in the Hulu documentary. She was dolled up. She had her bright red lipstick on. She had her outfit down. She was glammed like it was a housewife. It, she looked like she was in a housewife's confessional. And I was like, you know what, girl? Good for you. Good for you. You look fabulous. A glow up if I've ever seen one. And you looked incredible. Um, yeah. And Nancy, listen, good for you. You've published the book a second time. And, you know, I, listen, I'm wishing you nothing but the best. You know, if people are interested in your story, I have the book here somewhere. It's called The Serpent, Serpent Something. Let me, I think her name is Nancy Marsden. Book. Let me see. The Serpent's Tooth. The Serpent's Tooth, a memoir. The Serpent's Tooth is a memoir of a courageous mother who fights tirelessly for the life for the life of her daughter, a successful young film actress led criminally astray by a controlled older man, her and her husband, and a highly decorated fire captain who falls prey to drugs. Oh. The riveting tale of betrayal, addiction, and a lottery jackpot which leads to a dramatic courtroom trial. The story unfolds with famous attorneys battling over millions in legal fees when greed nears its ugly head and becomes the primary motive. Through all the deceit and lies, a hard-edged judge is left to make the final decision as to who is the rightful owner of the $5.2 million lotto prize. Filled with emotions from anger and hate to grief and loss, the reader is wondering how this all could have ever happened. In the end, who is left standing, who falls, and who is ultimately to blame? There you go. Nancy Marsden, The Serpent's Tooth. You guys can buy it on Amazon if you want. It's available now 
Um, again, I didn't air my interview with Nancy, which was to help her promote her book, but I will still help her promote her book if anyone is interested. So there you go. The Serpent's Tooth. Get your book sales, girl. Um, all right. All I have for you guys. I have to get ready for tonight's show at the Bourbon Room. I will see you tonight. Guys, if you are available, if you're in LA, come out to the Bourbon. Get your tickets right now. Go right now. Get your tickets. Come on down to the Bourbon Room in Hollywood. You can live stream the show as well. Get your live stream passes. They're only on sale for a couple more hours, so I would get them now. Um, and live stream the show if you're not local. But come on down to the Bourbon Room. It's going to be a fun night. We're talking all love, sex, dating, relationships, and reality TV. We're playing some games. We're getting Liddy City. And it's going to be a good time. Be sure to catch Disaster Daters. Disaster Daters is available right now. Yay, Susan got her tickets. Yay, Susan. I'll see you tonight. Guys, be sure to check out Disaster Daters with me and Jeff Epstein. The first two episodes are streaming now. The next two episodes will stream February 21st, and the final two episodes will stream on February 28th. It's a limited series. It's a lot of fun. Get ready. Go and tune into Disaster Daters with Zach and Jeff. It's wild. It's unhinged. It's unfiltered. You're going to laugh, and you're going to be shocked by some of the shit we get into. So, all right, guys. I'll see you tonight at the bourbon room if not then i will catch you on the podcast tomorrow um no disaster daters is not on youtube but you can watch it exclusively on spotify or listen on your favorite podcast app all right guys ciao for now bye